Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Subray, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And this week, I'm joined by iconic honeymoon suite guitarist Derry Gran. Derry, thanks so much for doing the show. I appreciate it. Hey, Brent. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's a privilege cool. to have you on. I've, I've been a fan since the first record came out back in 1984. So this is wow. this is awesome for me. Yeah. Great. And you know, relative to you and your playing, Honeymoon Suite, you know, we're always a band certainly that wrote hits. But I think the thing that I liked about Honeymoon Suite as a hard rock fan back then was that there was a balance between, you know, the great melodies that the songs had, but also that kind of hard edge that you retained through your playing. Yeah. Wow. That comes from just, I think just being a great live band that from day one, we were out of the basement and into the clubs and playing every night and really doing it old school, you know, and, uh, you know, rocking. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, in my opinion, you've always been an innovative and exciting guitar player, not just in your solos, but rhythmically. You know, I, I, I think back to the first time I saw New Girl Now, the video, and I watched you play that little breakdown that leads into the solo, and I just thought about how cool a piece that was and how unique it is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, one of those quick little riffs that I just kind of popped into my head as I was writing the song, and... Uh, it's really stood the test of time. People love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So with this new single now that's called uh, Find What You're Looking For, you maintain that balance, I find. And I was telling Johnny earlier that like it just puts a smile on my face because you guys, your, your legacy is such that you know your fans have grown up with you, which is really cool. So it's nice when new music comes out. You have a lot of latitude, right? I mean, it's an easy sell for me because I'm a fan, but... I, mm -hmm. I, I love the new single. It's great. You guys must be excited. Totally. We put out a few records. I think the last one was like three years ago or something. We put out a few records, but I don't think any uh, stand up to the new stuff we're doing. I think it's um, best stuff we've, we've done in a while. And um, yeah, thank you for that. I think the song really came out well, stands on its own. And won't alienate our, 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 you know, our traditional older fans, but I think it's contemporary enough sounding that it's going to, you know, it's going to resonate with our younger listeners as well because it has a contemporary sound to it, but still it, it's honeymoon sweet. So I think we're going to increase our audience with it. And um, yeah, first time they're telling me that we've actually been on a chart in something like 18 years because of. Yeah. radios changed from back in the day when it used to be all about the numbers and the charts now it's like completely different so to be on a chart you know in a top 10 where we're one of the other people that drake you know and and tegan and sarah it's bizarre but hey you know the song fits in with what you know with what they're playing and it's a great song I'm glad people are digging it yeah yeah and it's top 30 here in canada so yeah pretty cool fantastic yeah Mm-hmm. Okay, so Derry, I've, I've got your songs here. So you've got uh, five good tunes. And, and when I saw this list, when you sent it over, I was particularly excited because I'm a hard rock fan. I was when I was a kid, when I, I first started to get into Honeymoon Suite. And uh, you've got some real gems here. So let's go through these. You start off with Grand Funk Railroad. Are you ready? The live version. Yeah, man. I don't know if you ever had that album, but... Yeah. 
when I was a kid, you know, just learning to play, I mean, I only had maybe five or six albums. That's all I could afford, you know, mm-hmm. and you just listen to those things over and over. And one of them was the back in the golden age of double live albums, yeah. you know, in the 70s. Um, Grand Funk Live, that, you know, big black album, and it was double cover. And yeah. um, just the energy, like, I just love three-piece rock bands. And um, I put that on. And headphones, and I'd get shivers because that's the first song. And I just, I was Mark Farner, you know, yeah. coming on stage in an arena and just the the rush of the crowd. It just gave me shivers every time I, I listened. I mean, I listened to the whole album, but just the way they opened their show. I mean, I was like, from that on, I said, I, I really want to do this. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a great opener. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great record. Very powerful. This, this is 1970, isn't it, Jerry? I want to say. Um, Grand Funk Live? Yeah. Yeah. It was late, uh, yeah, early 70s, right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But, you know, that was that was a different time, right? Back then, you know, the Frampton, all, all those, like you said, the double live records were all out, and they were so good, man. Yeah, and there were no videos and not no uh, social media or anything, so these bands were a mystery, you know? Yeah. And, You'd hear them on record, and the only way you'd see them is to go see them in concert. Yeah, and that that mystique was was kind of cool. And then you'd go see them, and it's just three guys playing, you know, no auto tune, no nothing, just really good players, very powerful. Yeah, you you hit it on the head there when you said mystique, and and that was one thing that I really loved when I was a kid growing up with this stuff is that you didn't know everything about these people. You know, Kiss was one of those. There was a mystique. And you couldn't go on YouTube and see what they looked like and find out what their favorite nope. males were and all, and all the rest of that nonsense, right? It, there was there was a mystery there that really compelled you. No, and you'd go to you know you'd go to high school on a Monday morning and the kids would be walking around with the Kiss T-shirts on. And yeah. like, you saw them, yeah, man, saw them on the weekend. I'm like, shit, that must have been great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, great act from back then, Alice Cooper, eighteen. Great tune. Yeah, totally. That was another one of my little group of albums um, that I had. What can I say? I mean, that song came out when, and I you know, was just learning to play or I hadn't been playing that long and it was something I could actually play. Mm-hmm. And it was the message, the lyric was so good. I think that was actually done in Toronto too with Bob Ezrin. Yeah, I think so. It's a great stack story on, on Alice Cooper and Bob Ezrin. Anyways, um, and you open that one up and, or no, the picture of the band on the back cover. Yeah. Alice was all strung out and still drinking. And the way they looked with their SGs, the Gibson SGs, which is what a guitar I fell in love with. Then you open the record up and there's Alice's eyes in the side. It was just, again, the mystique and the darkness, but it was so cool. Oh, yeah. There's another one of the records I listened to a hundred times. Yeah. And I, you know, I got into this a little bit later, but like as a teenage kid, the lyrics were really identifiable to me. You know, he says, don't always know what I'm talking about. And I like that he just kind of got to the point, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Back when you pulled the album out, um, that was another great thing about albums. They were big and they had a sleeve inside with, with pictures um, and lyrics and you just read every word. Yeah. Yeah, and that was part of the listening process, right? I love that. Those first early Alice Cooper records, you know, the first six or seven are just 
magic. There's so many good deep tracks on those things too, right? Oh, yeah. I had Killer and Billion Dollar Babies and all that. Yeah, Love It to Death. Yeah, they were great. Back when he had, he had the band, you know, before he went solo. That's right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Totally. All right. Your next tune here, I love this song, and I love this pick. I love that you put this on your list. Van Halen, I'm the One. Of course. Of course. I mean, the first Van Halen record, you can't say enough about that album. Just rocked rock the landscape when that came out and just the fire in Eddie's playing was like no nothing else you'd heard at that time with all that disco crap and everything around yeah all of a sudden you know you really got me comes out and then eruption and it's like what the hell is this <laughs> it's just so I mean that whole first Van Halen record is, is amazing but I'm the one is perfect example of just how on fire Eddie was at that time. I mean, the whole band, but every lick in there is just shivers. It's, you know, it's perfect representation of, of that band at that time. Oh, yeah. And the thing, you know, I, I'm glad you picked this song because the thing that's really cool about this is that Shuby Duwah breakdown in the middle of the of the song that like you were just not expecting at all. And only Van Halen can can pull that stuff off. You know what I mean? No, and that was, yeah. Well, they were just a real combination of personalities. I mean, David Lee Ross, who's just like, you know, the vaudeville showman. Yeah. Front, and I'm sure that that was his idea. He was just a goof. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you could tell they were just having a blast in the studio. They didn't give a shit, and, and they are just having fun with the songs. Exactly. And the shooby doo wah it was probably just, they were probably just screwing around after one of the takes. Yeah. And Ted Templeman, who, by the way, produced our third record. So That's right. I know what kind of guy he is. I know he'd be sitting behind the board going, hey, Dave, that's really cool. Why don't you do that chippy doo wah thing, man? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what That's happened. That's the way he was. He, yeah, he'd pick up on that. And, and uh, you know, he's, he had good ears. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your next tune here is Peter Gabriel, Don't Give Up. And I think Kate Bush sings on this too, is that right? Um, yes, she does. And again, that's the um, that's the Us album that came out, uh, what was that, 86, 87? Mm-hmm. 86, Again, a, a, a classic Gabriel album and a, just a classic 80s, perfect 80s record. Yeah. Of every song, just beautiful. And I've been a fan of Gabriel since since he was in Genesis, but this album was just sonically and the writing, it's just captivating. And that that song that he sings with her, it's like, oh, yeah, it's something else. Yeah, perfect song. Now, would you have been listening to this? This came out in '86, as you said. Would would you have been listening to this when you're in honeymoon suite during the heyday? Oh yeah, it was '86. That was our, you know, we were on fire at that point. I mean that we were just living on tour buses. And when I hear that album, I think of being on a tour bus because that's where we just blasted it. I mean, we were blasting Van Halen and everything else, but you know, that Gabriel record was, you know, you put that on and I, I just remember going, going down the highway on a bus and listening to that, that album many times. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because the mood and the kind of atmospheric aspect of it is just, completely different obviously Van Halen 
that's great that you were listening to that at that time. Yeah, well, when you're on tour, man, you know, it's like you go through different moods all day. I mean, you hit it pretty hard in the night, mm-hmm. in the show, in the party, but there's also a time to chill, you know, at three in the morning when you're smoking a dube in the back of the bus, you want to put something mellow on, you know, and that yeah. was it. Something like that, for yeah. sure. Uh, balance. Okay, this next pick is awesome. Deep Purple Burn. Yes, sir. Well, I mentioned earlier that uh, Richie Blackmore was my first guitar hero, if you will. Um, I heard Smoke in the Water one day walking through a department store, and I went over to the record counter, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and it was the Machine Head you know, yeah. album, and kind of heard of them before that. But when Machine Head came out, again, that's their classic, their classic album. Um, every song on it is amazing. Yeah. So I bought Machine Head, listened to it a thousand times, but didn't get to see them because, uh, you know, covered, I mean, Ian Gillen and, and Roger Glover, uh, left or got fired after that record, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Coverdale and Hughes came in. And that was the first time I saw them when they came through Buffalo on the Burn tour. Oh. I bought Burn the day it came out, of course. And Ian Gillen was great, but David Coverdale, my God, what a what a vocalist, what oh, a singer! Yeah. You know, he was he was not Ian Gillen, but he was perfect for Purple. Yeah. Um, because Richie was, you know, dry, you know, he was the tip of the spear musically in that band, and uh, just on fire, burn. It's like it was that is that their version of Highway Star, which yeah. was on Machine Head. The Coverdale version of that would be burned for me. Just killer. I, I, you know, I, I great agree. solos, and that's your introduction to Coverdale's vocals, and it's just shivers, you know, great. Yeah, no, I agree. That riff must have been, I, I can't remember what year this came out, but that must have been, you know, a riff that you, as a young guitar player, have jumped all over. Totally, and Richie's a funny guy because a lot of his riffs are these double-stop things that if you listen to Smoke on the Water, those mm-hmm. are just double-stop notes. And he plays a lot of his songs he writes around that framework. He just speeds it up and changes the order of them, which really is what Burn is. It's like Smoke on the Water a lot faster and switched around. It's funny because I know Blackmore's playing or, you know, uh, Perfect Strangers, stuff like that. Yeah, it's That's his style, but I loved it. Yeah. Have you listened to any of his, you know, later stuff? Yeah, Blackmore's Night. I don't know if you know it. I have with his his wife. Um, uh, the medieval I, stuff. I totally have. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's always been into that medieval, yeah, Celtic kind of thing. The thing about Ricky, he doesn't he doesn't give a crap about what anybody else thinks. He does what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's kind of influenced by these into that dark castle kind of stuff. Um, it's it's really interesting. I've watched a number of those videos, Black Blackmore's Night, and it's really cool because he gets these different instruments, these lutes and mandolins, and, you know, he plays all kinds of stuff. It's interesting. That's cool. I've, I've never, I, I just never explored it. I, I should probably have a listen to it. I, I just, I read about it. I read that he just made this crazy departure, but I never really got into it, so... 
Well, it's uh, you know, it's lots of it on YouTube. It's different. It's not rock. It's not deep purple, but it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a nice Celtic flavor if that's what you're into. Yeah. Well, that is your list, my friend. Thank you very much. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I appreciate your time. Now I know I know that it's difficult to do only five. It's virtually impossible, really. But next week, what we're going to do is you and I and Johnny will reconvene and we'll talk about each other's picks. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a lot okay. of fun. So he's going to try and guess yours. Yeah. Before we roll that, do you think you can guess any of his tunes? Well, I know for sure he'll have a, a Greg Lake song in there or an ELP song. No, he actually doesn't. No ELP, no Greg Lake? No. I'm surprised. There's... Well, then there would be uh, an Ian Hunter. Yes, there is one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe a Sammy Hagar? Uh, nope. I, I'd i have to think on that. Yeah. I'd have to think, but uh, I don't, no, this is I don't be, know. I don't, I don't know if you guys are going to tell each other what your songs are, but maybe it would be cool if you didn't, and then you can guess, because it was... Uh, he guessed one of yours, but only one, and you only guessed one of his. Uh-huh. So it's going to be pretty interesting. To see. Yeah. With that guy, I never know what he's listening to. He's yeah. got some different different tastes depending on the day of the week. So, yeah, no, I won't tell him. We'll, we'll have a guessing game. All right. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Derry, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you doing this. The new single is Find What You're Looking For, available wherever you listen to music, folks. Derry Grand, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you for having me. All right, I'll talk to you next week, man. Cheers. All right, take good care. Take care. Bye. All right, this has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen, and my very special guest is Derry Grand. My name is Sweet. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.